Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> I, it, my understanding is the COPA caps end up costing the teams more than the regular official on-field caps. Of the Interesting. So, and alternate identities as well. They don't, minor league teams do not get those at the same price point that um, uh, they get for their official on-field caps. So there's something that you wouldn't otherwise know. What's up, Deadhead Crew? Ed here. And on this episode, I had the absolute pleasure to bring you guys Dan Simon of Studio Simon. So he's been around in a couple of podcasts lately, uh, you know, Baseball by Design and Anna's Baseball Bucket List, which, by the way, you guys got to listen to it. You guys won't regret it. Anyways, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to get into the mind of a designer, right? His process of approaching a new design, a new team, uh, those conversations that he has um, pre and post, right? All of that, all of that. And, and he really does go into all of that process. And it was an absolute wonderful conversation. So guys, here's part one of my conversation with Dan Simon. All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Dad Hack Chronicles. My name is Ed, and with me, I have a treat for you guys. I've been, uh, I've been geeking out this whole week, you know, doing my research and, and and looking at a lot of the stuff this man does. And I am so happy to tell you guys that I have Dan Simon with me. Dan, how are you doing, my friend? I am fantastic. Thank you, sir. And yourself? I am good. I'm good. I, like I said, you know, I was talking to uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Paul and um, Anna as well. And I was uh, I was trying to figure out which hat I wanted to wear for this episode because I am, a, like I said, I'm a huge fan of your work. And, you know, I finally decided to just wear my own because there's too many to choose from. Uh, so I decided to wear my own. But you have a lot of uh, cool logos out there, my friend. Well, thank you. And and in honor of your podcast, I too am wearing a dad hat. Yes, um, sir. And I, I, I need to ask if you look, it's got mesh on the back. Oh yeah. Does that still? So it's it's like a hybrid, I guess. Dad hat. Trucker. It is a hybrid. Yes, okay, we but, we we discussed this at uh, at length in uh, some of our uh, uh, shows and with Paul and Anna, and we've decided that we're going to call those um, the dad trucker hats. Okay, so um, because it's a mix of both, and I love that logo. Um, is that uh Yankees though? But is not that is that it from uh the uh, Hiroshima Yankees? I think is or, or am I am I uh, wrong on this one? You well, uh, wrong is is suggests that uh, 
you got, well, it comes right out and says you got something wrong. You're, you're not wrong. It's the reason you wouldn't know of this logo is it's a top secret logo. And I'm not just saying that. It really is. This was, I guess, I'm, I'm going to leave out which team it was because it, it seriously is kind of secret. Mm -hmm. This is a New York Yankees affiliate. Okay. We'll leave and it at that. They did. They came to me to do a logo that um, reflected the parent club's logo, which mm -hmm. we're all familiar with. Um, you know what? It's something about the Yankees logo. Think about that. You you can know nothing about sports. You could not be a sports fan, not be a baseball fan, and you know what that logo is. There's not a lot of a lot of uh, sports franchises out there where your logo completely transcend, transcends sports fandom. Yeah, uh, people will wear that logo and not even be wear a hat, wear that hat, and not even be fans of uh, of that team. Um, so anyway. This logo was done at the behest of the team, a minor league team who is a, a Yankees affiliate, um, because they wanted a logo that reflected the Yankees logo. And after doing it, and actually after having merchandise made, they were asked to not move forward with the logo. So <sighs> this this cap is a rarity. I don't I don't know if they ever went on sale. If they did, they were pulled from sale. Uh, very quickly. And I was given this cap by by somebody who works for the team with the understanding that I can't show it. And the reason I'm wearing it today is because this is an audio audio format only. <laughs> so um, so I'm sorry for all of you <laughs> listeners who were who thinking, I want to see that that logo. You can't. You can't but, and you won't. And uh, I'm sorry to hear it, but it is an awesome logo. I'll say that for sure. It's it's for Ed. It's for your eyes only. Hey, uh, you know what? I thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, Speak, go let ahead. Me do, before you get into asking me questions, you you've got what looks like a. I'm only seeing the top half of it, but on your um, your shirt there, you've got what looks like a pretty cool logo to me, and I'm assu I'm assuming it is. I'm assuming it is a. Uh, it's a, it's supposed to represent the Cleveland former Indians, yes, uh, sir. But it's not an official logo. So what what's that from? So this is from a, a local designer in Cleveland, uh, GV Artwork, and uh, they do um, pseudo logo teams, you know, designs for for the team, right? So they they don't call it the Cleveland Indians; they call it the Cleveland baseball team, or uh, you know, for Cleveland basketball or Cleveland football. So they do some things related but they're not right. Uh, and this came out, this hoodie came out when they were known as the uh, Cleveland Indians before they changed their name to the Cleveland guardians. Well, kudos to the designer who did that because it's actually a really cool logo for those of you again, who are not seeing this, <laughs> it's the letter C, yep. but it, it's an, it's also an interesting letter C. And then in the negative space uh, in the middle of the C, it's got a feather like an, in an Indian headdress. And it's uh quite well done i like it i love this it is one of my favorite ones um and uh uh it, it's uh one of those things when the team the team changed names and everything that was very contested right like you know there was a lot of opinions on this uh i wanted to be known as the cleveland spiders but that didn't happen and we're the guardians now <laughs>
Yeah, that was um, that was an interesting this. Uh, there was there was interesting discourse mm-hmm. regarding that. I you know I listened to a number of podcasts and not even just podcasts. I remember I was walking home from work one day and um, I ran into somebody wearing a Cleveland Indians when they were still the Indians cap, and I was asking him about. Um, that this is before they changed the name and ha- had arrived at Guardians as the name. Mm-hmm. And we had a long discussion, a, a guy I never met before. We had a long discussion about it. And of course, he had his opinions um, about what they should call the team. Um, and Spiders, I would say, was the leading uh, candidate for what, as far as what I heard from various people what they would have preferred was spiders. My particular opinion about that is less about uh, me as a sports branding professional and just more as me as a human being is in general, very few people are lovers of the actual insect spiders. Most people are afraid of them. They creep people out. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and, you know, speaking of, uh, of our friend Paul Caputo, he went to the University of Richmond, Correct. Um, which, which whose athletic program teams are named the Spiders. But aside from that, and of course, the former Cleveland Spiders, I don't know that there are any other um, spider names. And I think there's a reason for it, because people don't like spiders. So. Um, <laughs> But think of the 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 opportunity for really just controlling the market on that, right? Like, yes, obviously the Richmond Spiders are there and it's a cool name, but like you don't really think of other uh, spider names out there. Uh, and now you have the Guardians who, you know, you have in the Japan Baseball League, there's a Guardians. There's also the uh, XFL who also has the Orlando Guardians, right? So it's like a very common name. Um, and there also the very contested fight that they had with the roller derby team, um, of when they released the name and all that. So it's like, okay, so yeah, guardians, listen, at this point, that's the guardians, right? Like, I mean, we can't do anything about that and you just got to either support it or, or you, you know, you stick with the wall. Oh, there will always be the Indians for me. I'm like, and that's how, that's how that goes usually right for fandoms. Right. Right. Yep. That's, those are good points. Um, so let me ask you this, because obviously you've you've been on a number of podcasts and um, you've been on uh, on Paul's uh, podcast. You guys got to listen to it. It's really good. Also on Anna's podcast, the, the baseball bucket list. Uh, and you grew up in New York. You were born in New York, grew up in New York. You grew up a Yankees fan. Um, so I'm not going to ask those questions because obviously that's going to be there. So if you guys want to know more about the background of Dan Simon, make sure you guys are listening to those podcasts and I'll put it on the show notes so you guys can uh, click on that. But uh, I want to concentrate on this episode on 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 the design and branding side of things, right? Because that's that's something that interests me a lot. When I started really, you know, collecting uh, hats and uh, collecting a lot of the merchandise, as you can see, I only have a handful of uh, hats behind me. Um, want to get to know how, like, really, what got you interested and what got you going when it comes to uh, wanted to say, you know what, this is something that I can do for a career. I want to design logos. Well, I've always been a sports fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, even as a little kid, I, I, I know there, there were pictures, photographs of me um, as a very little kid, and a number of them have something in them that suggests 
not just sports, but specifically baseball. Like more, I'm wearing a baseball jacket. Uh, this is, you know, I'm a, I, I was born, I, I, I'm, I'm a man of a certain age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born in the 60s. Um, and that would be the 1960s, not the 1860s. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I'm not a, of that certain age. Um, and this is before there was a lot of, uh, you know, right now you can get sports merchandise, you can get a cap, you can get a shirt, you can get anything at, w- with a click of a mouse. And um, it's not just the ease of getting it. It's you want anything. It's being made with your favorite team's logo on it. Right. Uh, but back then, sports merchandising really was not much of a thing. Yet, from a very early age, there's pictures of me with a with a baseball hat on. I, I even, like I said, a baseball jacket. It's like who was making baseball jackets at that time? So, um, so I've always been a sports fan. Uh, I never really thought that I would have a job in sports other than, you know, as a little kid wanting to play center field for the Yankees. But uh, uh, at some point in my career, um, I, I'm, I'm a graphic designer by trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started my design career, I was a just a, a, a general graphic designer. Uh, I was working for a design firm in Los Angeles. Uh, we did all kinds of stuff. We we did a lot of work for the entertainment industry, like uh, movie posters. And back then, video cassette packaging. If, if people don't know what a video cassette is, please look it up. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and other things, too. Um, uh, all manner of graphic design. Yeah. And, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but I love sports, and I wanted to... Uh, I, I about 10 years into my design career, I was thinking I want to do sports design. So uh, uh, one of my coworkers who was a, a great friend of mine, his name is Peter Thornburg, and I decided to put together a sports design portfolio and try to get sports work. Um, and a fortuitous um, uh, meeting not meeting my my dad was at a, a wedding, uh, a wedding reception, and he happened to be seated next to somebody, a, a guy named Marvin Goldklang, who owned at the time one minor league team and later would own many others. Um, got to talking with my dad. His team needed a new logo. My dad said, "Why don't you let let my son give you a call." Marvin said yes, and the next thing you know, I'm uh, I got my sports my first sports design project, and here we are, thirty years later, um, still doing it. And uh, the I, I've done work in for for virtually every sport in on the sports branding landscape. I've done two Super Bowl logos. I was involved in doing all of the identities for. The resuscitated USFL, United States Football League, that started play again last year. Um, I've done horse racing. I've done basketball. I've done hockey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the majority of my work is 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 and continue is has been continues to be in baseball and and more specifically, the majority of it is, is in minor league baseball, which is just something that I love. Um, you know the. Uh, there, there's just a lot of fun to be had 
both in the the identities and the development of those identities. My job is a fun job. I get to do fun things. They don't just look fun. It's fun doing them. So as the saying goes, you uh, find a job that you love and you you don't work. A, what, okay. a day you in your life? Yeah, you don't work a day in your life. And uh, that's sort of the case with my job. That's awesome. I love that. And the fact that you get to do work for some of the for minor league baseball specifically, because like I mean, that's how I got to know your work was through minor league baseball. Right. And the fact that you get to your portfolio includes some of the most iconic names out there right now. Right. Like, I mean, you got the Daytona Tortugas, the Erie Sea Wolves, Memphis Redbirds. Right. Like, you know, the Canapolis uh, Cannonballers, which. It's absolute wonderful logo. And then, I, you know, one of our um, one of my favorite ones is the Burlington Sock Puppets. Right. So it's like your work is out there and everybody knows it. Like, you know, when they see the logo, as as we know, merchandising is the name of the game now. Right. Like, you know, how how does it look on a head or, you know, what what head is that? Where did you get it? What team is that? So it's one of those things that like being a graphic designer, it has to be the most fun thing that you can do as a job right now. Um, I would like to think that maybe being a baseball player would be might might ride for that. <laughs> but uh, uh, my career in baseball ended a, a bit too early for that to happen with me. So next to that, I would yeah, I would say being a graphic designer um, sure beats a lot of other um, vocations. So yeah. I love it. Love it. Okay, so I want to get into the 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 aspect of the process of uh, designing the, you know, a logo and things like that. So I want to, I want to pick your brain on how is it like, you know, do you, how do you start that process? Like you have those initial conversations with whoever your client is going to be. Um, definitely. That's exactly what happens. Um, it's really important for me to get an understanding of where my particular, where the particular team I'm working with, has been mm -hmm. where they currently are and maybe even most importantly where th they envision themselves being in the future um and so i ask a lot of questions and i try to be an even better listener to the answers to those questions so that i get a complete understanding of those aspects of of the team um and then it's incumbent on me to um, take what they have verbalized as far as what their goals are um, and deliver to them the tools that uh, will allow them to achieve those goals. That's awesome. I love that. And, you know, something that you mentioned on the uh, Baseball Bucket List uh, podcast was that is that a lot of the times already the team has chosen a name and you're coming in there, you know, now, okay. So we chose a name. Um, do you ask, I was like, or oh, what colors do you guys want to go with? Or is that something that you, you know, you, you bring up after you make a design and you have those initial conversations. Um, with regard to color. Well, first of all, with, with regard to what you mentioned about names of teams, um, it's, I don't know that it's 50, 50, but mm -hmm. there are times that team, you know, there's existing team names, either it could be a, a 
a new team like the Savannah Bananas. They, yeah. I did not come up with that name. They came to me and they said, okay, we've decided we're going to be the Savannah Bananas. But there's also many cases where teams come to me and they're, they're, they want my help with coming up with a name. And that's a whole different part of the process. Right. As opposed to the hands-on designing of things, this is something where you're coming up with concepts, ideas for, for names. Um, so sometimes they've got the name. Sometimes I'm working with them on, on the name. With regard to, to color, uh, that is a, a conversation I have with them before pencil is put to paper or mouse is put to pad, uh, where I'm, if they have preconceived ideas regarding what the colors are going to be, I want to know that. Um, there are there are cases where I am doing, actually, I just recently finished up a, what, what we refer to as brand update, as opposed to a, a new brand identity. It's an existing team that had a, I don't know, 20 or 25 year old uh, set of logos and were ready to refresh that. So they were ne neither changing their name nor changing their colors. Um, and so that's, you know, they could have changed their colors. I've done brand updates where we go with a whole new color palette, but that's up to the team. It, it all depends on, um, on again, what their goals are. In the case of, of, of the team whose name I can't mention because yeah. they can't unveil until nine months from now, uh, that, that's going to be a new identity for 2024. Their brand identity is ensconced in the community. Uh, and so they were not looking to reinvent the wheel. They were looking to make a, a new wheel on the same car, if you will. Um, and so they wanted to keep the team colors. But there were times that we completely changed that. And uh, there are also times where another new minor league identity that will be coming out in 2024. Boy, there's a lot of mysterious stuff we're talking I love about it. today here. So um just know that there's good stuff coming. Unfortunately, some of the specifics I can't talk about now. But with this other, th there's there's a new brand identity for minor league team coming in 2024, where it's an existing minor league team, but they are they are changing their name. The, Interesting. Uh, not the city name, but the 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 team name. And uh, with regard to the colors, uh, those colors needed to be the, the colors were were informed by what the the focal point of that artwork was it, we actually tried it in a in some other colors and it just didn't look like what the subject of the of the brand identity needed to look like so they had to be certain colors uh so that it accurately reflected what mm -hmm. the artwork was so um that's how it so most of the time, well, you know what? That's a 50-50 thing. Sometimes the teams are specific about what colors they want. Um, other times it's just like, well, whatever you recommend or whatever works. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's just go with what your opinion is and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. There's, uh, I've got an illustrator friend and I don't know if you can see that. Uh, it doesn't matter. There's something back there and in my background, I don't know if you can see that his artwork mm -hmm. is up there. He's an illustrator named Paul Rogers. And he once said to me, we were having a, a, a discussion about color, color palettes. Mm -hmm. And he said, Dan, there are no bad colors. So uh, that really resonated with me at the time and still does to this day. So the, you might say, 
like brown isn't a great color, but you know, the San Diego Padres and the Cleveland Browns make it work. Yeah. Uh, as does, uh, gosh, there's, well, there's a high school here in Louisville, DeSales High School. They Brown is their principal color. So, and, and you know what? Their stuff looks good. So you can even make brown work. So uh, you, you can make anything work nowadays. It's just the way that you present it to the the mass, right? It, and this, it just has to make sense. And listen, that's the beauty about um, minor league baseball, that there is a rainbow of colors that every single minor league team has chosen to be their primary logo, right? So it's this, you know, even with the Copa brands, right? Like all these vibrant colors, you know, hot pinks and things like that. And you would think it's like, oh, that doesn't work. And it actually does work. Well, look, I'll, I'll, I will tell you and your listeners an interesting thing about what you just said. You know, behind you, again, for those of for those of you listening, yep. behind Ed is a wall of caps. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to start counting them, but it's from left to right, top to bottom. It's it's all caps behind him. Yes, and sir. With as many caps as there are, there are almost as many colors um, back there. With in minor league baseball, new era. Well, minor league baseball and major league baseball. New era has these. They are the sole licensee for caps in major league and minor league baseball. No other vendor can make on-field caps. There are other vendors that can make merchandise caps, mm -hmm. uh, but on-field, it's new era. And part of that licensing agreement, new era must offer those caps to the teams at a certain price point. Okay. Um, and that's part of the, the contractual agreement. But because of that contractual agreement and that price point, there are a limited number of cap fabric colors that teams can choose from. Interesting. For instance, there are there are two navy blues. There's a, a light navy and a darker navy. There's one orange. There's, I think, a couple of yellows, et cetera, et cetera. And, and overall, I think there's maybe 30 different cap fabric colors, but for the Copa de la Diversion program, there are twice as many, maybe even three times as many cap colors. So some of those like really bright pinks and neon greens and some of those and, and teals and some of those other colors that you see in the Copa program, um, you can't Minor league, you you won't see those for minor league teams' official primary identity. Um, now you might say, well, if you can do them for Copa, why can't you do them for um, the the primary identities? Because the I it, my understanding is the Copa caps end up costing the teams more than the regular official on-field caps of the interesting team. So, and alternate identities as well they don't minor league teams do not get those at the same price point that um uh they get for their official on-field caps so there's something that you wouldn't otherwise know i did not and this is something i learned right now and that's amazing because with minor league baseball obviously you you know you already know like merchandising is and in alternate identities that's like that's where a lot of the money goes to. And, you know, a, a lot of popularity goes with that. So it's like, 
wow, that's just, I, it just blew my mind that, you know, only a certain amount of colors are chosen for on field. And then after that, those are extra price point that you can, you have to uh, choose from. Right. So I, you know, I see comments sometimes from people when a, a new identity is unveiled and you'll sometimes see comments like I would have done, there are too many red or blue or whatever yep. um, caps and jerseys and all, you know, identity identities out there. And so please understand <laughs> one of the reasons for that is because you, Teams are somewhat limited on what they can do for their principal identities. So, Interesting. Yeah. That, I never knew that. Like, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'll, I'll admit it. I'll think, okay, there's too many, you know, red, white, and blue colors out there for major league teams that, you know, it's like, okay, let's choose a different color. Now I know there's only a certain amount of colors that they can choose for on-field uh, hats and, and uniforms. Yep. Yep. Little known stuff. It's what goes on behind the curtain. I like that. I love to hear that. Love to hear that. Okay. So let's say that, uh, let's go. All right. So you've had those initial conversations, um, the process of, uh, creating that logo, how long does it usually, uh, take you to come up with a, uh, the, the brand, uh, for, for a team? Uh, now the whole process versus what, when you ask that question, I want to be able to answer it accurately. So are you talking about, how long from when I present um, initial ideas, not initial ideas, initial concepts, or how long from start to finish from those let's initial do, talks with the teams to when it's done and delivered? Let's do the concept because I, you know, let so that way we can, you know, I know exactly, you know, how long it usually takes you to come up with a concept after you've had those initial conversations. Okay, I normally ask clients for four weeks from the time we get going to the time I present the first round uh, concepts. Uh, and that's because of several things. One is I put a lot of time and effort into researching and, and, you know, then the hands-on designing mm -hmm. um, also, you know, just existing workload. You know, I've got other I've got, normally multiple projects going on at any one time. So normally I, I ask for four weeks and it, it'll take about that long, but depending on sometimes there are crushes and teams are be behind schedule and we have to get things done more quickly. Um, and I'll get something done in a couple of weeks. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. It is so interesting to me. That's like, all right, so your concept and, um, and then you, you know, you present it to them as a concept. And then after that, that's when you really get the work going. All right, let's figure out the, the how it actually is going to look and, you know, color and uh, how that all works. That usually takes a little bit longer after that. Um, yeah, then there's more more time after that, where when I present the first round concepts, ideally what happens is the team chooses one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to saying, nope, don't like anything here. And frankly, them not them saying we don't like anything here is a rarity, not because I'm so wonderful and <laughs> what I do, but rather this goes back to asking the right questions and doing a lot of listening where I'm getting an understanding of what the team wants or is hoping to receive. And 
then it's incumbent on me to make sure that I'm delivering what what they have what they've asked mm-hmm. for. And yeah. sometimes what they ask for, they're not really necessarily coming right on and saying, here's specifically what we want. Mm-hmm. But I need to be able to to read between the lines. And I've done this long enough that I've 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 uh I've I've built up that 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 mental muscle, if you will. Right. Uh, and so when I present that first round those first round concepts to them. Um, I like to think of it as they're seeing exactly what they had in their mind's eye, even if it really wasn't in their mind's eye. Um, but I want them to look, my goal is for them to see it and feel like that's exactly what I had in mind, even if it they had no idea what they had in mind. Does, I hope that makes sense. And so I... Um, uh, so going back to what I said, hopefully in that first round, they see a direction that they that they choose. And then from there, I need to flesh out the rest of the identity because there's a lot that goes into a brand identity. There are there are multiple logos. There were word marks. There were uh, jersey designs as well as, you know, caps and pants um, and socks everything from head to toe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So all that stuff has to be fleshed out. And that, you know, that takes uh, some time. Yeah. Several more weeks. And so from start to finish, normally a a, a job will take two to three months. Um, Now that's not necessarily two to three months of daily work. Right. You know, something needs to be presented. Once it's presented, I want, I, I I would like the client to sit with it for a while, you know, let them absorb it, let it all sink in, as opposed to making a you know a knee-jerk reaction saying, Yeah, right rest away, decision right there on the spot. Right, yeah. You know, live with it for a little while. And um, and then also keep in mind when you're working really in any job, and especially for a minor league baseball team where, you know, whether you're the GM whether you are the director of merchandising, whether you are, you know, head of group ticket sales or whatever, that's not your only job. You have to wear many hats. Multiple, multiple hats. That's right. right. Hopefully dad hats. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, and so these are very busy people and I don't expect them to make decisions right away because they're busy. And so Sometimes I'll send them something and I won't hear back. Not I won't hear back from them. They won't make that decision immediately. It might take a week. Sometimes it might take two weeks. It all depends on what part of the year we're we're at, especially um, when we're doing something in season. Uh, these people are really, really busy. So keep in mind that takes time. And that that's one of the reasons why a, a project will take two to three months because I don't expect them to... Mm-hmm necessarily get back to me immediately on things that said some teams are really good about getting back to me quickly and the process can be a a little more um a a shorter timeline i like the the let's just let it marinate let's you know okay do the initial look okay now you know think about it come back to me and then we'll figure it out i like that because you're like you said you're not making a um, a knee jerk reaction to, okay, yes or no, I don't want it. I don't like it. So you, you just got to let it sit. It's, 
you know, it's what happens with a lot of things. At first, you're like, I don't know how I feel about it. And they're like, you know, it's kind of growing on me. The logo is growing on me. And then I like it. I like it a lot. Well, and the other thing is, yeah, that 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 is exactly the case. In addition to that, keep in mind that rarely are these decisions made by one person. Now, a lot of times when I'm working directly with the team owner, uh, and by the way, I'll work, my, my contact person can be the team owner, it could be the mm -hmm. president, it could be the GM, it could be the merchandise manager, it, whoever the team decides is, is going to be the contact person. That's who it is. I don't get to choose that. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they choose whoever. And when it, normally it is the team owner who makes the ultimate decision, but very, very rarely is it really one person making that decision. So the other thing that has to happen on the client side is they've got to come to a consensus and as we know, if you ask 10 people something, you're going to get 10 different, you can get mm -hmm. up to 10 different answers. But in the end, especially when you're doing something like a baseball or, a, you know, any brand identity, you only, you only, you have to decide on, on one direction. Yep. And now again, there, there will be multiple logos, but the, the theme, the look, it's one identity. And at the beginning, not everybody necessarily wants the same thing so they've got to on their end sit down and come to an agreement where they're all on the same page so that doesn't necessarily happen immediately either so that that's another reason why things take time as they should absolutely absolutely I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Dan Simon. Now, I'm, the way that he thinks about design is absolutely wild, right? It's crazy stuff. So make sure if you guys want to look at his work, go to his website and then also go to his Instagram account. That's where he puts a lot of the stuff there. Okay. Um, and as far as the uh, Dead Hat Chronicles podcast, do a couple of things for me if you don't mind. Okay. Make sure you guys are uh, leaving a comment. I do read them and then that way I'll be able to interact with you. Uh, give it five stars. What that does is I go up on the ranking and if I go up on the ranking, more people get to listen to it. So uh, thank you very much for that. Now, here's the last part of the episode. You guys already know it's the dad joke of the episode. And here it is. What kind of house does a graphic designer live in? An Adobe. All right. All right. I see myself out. And until then, guys, keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues. See ya. This podcast is part of the Curved Brand Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brand Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. 
You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick. And Corey. Of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at CurveBrimMedia.com. <laughs>